Hello and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, DJ Fern. Uh, seems like most of the time I open the show by apologizing for not releasing an episode last week. Uh, which I guess in this case is not totally true because I did put out a bonus episode near the end of the week uh, where I talked to my internet friend Haley about the leftovers and uh, also about a hundred other shows. Uh, and it was, if you haven't listened to it because your uh, uh, statistics would indicate you may not have watched The Leftovers, uh, it's still really fun to listen to and maybe it'll encourage you to watch my favorite show. Which, in the episode, we discussed the reasons why it might be hard for people to make that decision. <laughs> I think we cover pretty clearly why it might not be for you, so you can at least go and... But, go into that decision uh, uh, fully informed. But it was super fun. Uh, and then I tried to record an episode over the weekend, but what I recorded was so boring I felt bad about releasing it and I didn't have time to re-record. That's right. There's still some quality control in place here. Uh, since I will probably forget, I'll mention it up top instead of at the end. I did appear on another podcast this week called House of House, which is a rewatch podcast for House. Uh, I cover. I watched the the fifth episode, which was also the first Christmas episode of House, which is obviously straight up my my alley. Uh, and it also had guest appearances from cast members of Lost and The Leftovers so it seems like this was chosen for me but it definitely wasn't uh, and that was fun uh, that's co-hosted by my friend Lenny who used to write on Spunky Bean when that existed and I recorded a bonus episode with him about horror and Halloween television that will probably come out this week if I can get it all put together I'd better Otherwise, it's going to be post-Halloween, and that'll be, that'd just be bad. So yeah, a bonus episode and a completely different podcast where you can listen to me. And in both cases, other people do talk. So if your main objection to this podcast is, I'm tired of hearing EJ, you a little break in those. You get to hear other people. Um, so one thing I kind of... I don't know how to make it funny, but hopefully it's informative or something. Uh, because for a lot of people I know, I'm sort of their go-to for nerd stuff. And so obviously a lot of people ask me when when some uh, like superhero thing hits the mainstream, I, by which I mean like a when there's something in comic news that's so big that... that uh, the news covers it. And in this case, although it's kind of blown through the news cycle already, is uh, uh, DC's announcement that in the comics now Superman will be bisexual. And a lot of people wanted my explanation for that, or they're trying to trick me into re revealing I'm a homophobe and I'm not going to fall for it. Saying that makes it sound like I am homophobic and I just know how to dodge their traps, but that's not the... That's, that was poorly worded, but it's taken me 
several attempts to record this, so I'm not going back. Also, I recorded this first thing and woke up Sunday morning just to sort of lock myself into getting it done. So I might sound groggy. I'm also hungry. I would like breakfast. Uh, one thing that's worth noting is a lot of this has been in sort of bad faith where certain, let's say, conservative news outlets are treating it as if the classic Superman, Kal-El, son of Krypton, uh, Clark Kent, the guy who's been around since 1938, uh, is suddenly into dudes, which is not, in fact, the case. Uh, not here to make a value judgment on that. It's just been very disingenuous when Fox News will have Dean Cain on to say, well, the Superman I played would never be bisexual. Yeah, the Superman you played was kind of a joke, but also the comics version of the Superman you played is, in fact, not he is still committed to his wife. Uh, <laughs> it would be kind of funny if they if they did make uh, original flavor Superman bisexual, but then went, yeah, but he's in a committed relationship with his wife, so it's not like it changes anything. <laughs> he just occasionally notices a dude is hot. <laughs> um, uh, but who they're talking about is super uh, Clark and Lois's adopted son, Jonathan Kent, who is adopted in the sense that he's a Kryptonian child who lived in the Phantom Zone and they found him. And it's it's super confusing. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But they are talking about the uh, the the young the young man who is now replacing Superman in some cases. Uh like, they no longer publish a comic called Superman. They publish one called Son of Superman or or, or Super, Son of Kal-El. Superman, Son of Kal-El, I think is what they call it. And then regular Superman is off in another series where he's always in space. Uh, that's another detail this we'll talk about. But uh, And obviously, because I'm not a monster, that, that's great. Comics are very... Uh, they, they need to be shaken up in order to get, get representation in there because all of the characters people care about were created in the 30s or the 60s, which were not super uh, progressive times. I mean, you know, you had hippies and stuff in the 60s, but also uh, Marvel couldn't introduce a black character because they wouldn't get sold on newsstands in the South, which lasted for a very long time. Uh, and I think, if I am not mistaken, is the reason Black Panther's costume covers his entire body and face. Uh, I might be wrong about that. I, I don't remember specifically. There's a lot of comic lore that's hard to, hard to verify, mostly because so many of the people involved with it have been dead for decades. But, again, I'm super in favor of it. It's great. I think that's, it's something that needs to happen uh, when I think about me as a as a scared little turd kid. Uh, how much how much uh, inspiration and comfort I took from superheroes 
Uh, and if there's a, you know, there are kids who are, didn't have the benefit of being, being uh, middle-class straight white children uh, and didn't necessarily get to see themselves reflected in every character. Uh, <laughs> I, I was a scared, scared kid because I was fat and got beat up all the time. Uh, but still, you know, I had, I, you know, superheroes were tremendously comforting to me. And if there's, there are kids who are, uh, you know, realizing their, their gender identity or, or what have you. I'm so bad at talking about things like this, but I promise I mean well. I think that's tremendous. That's amazing. Uh, bless their hearts. Uh, now I sound old. I do have one complaint and I need you to understand that my complaint is not important and is specific to me and I it'll make sense I can't stand the Jonathan Kent character I hate that he exists giving a superhero a kid sort of marginalizes them automatically and every story then has to take time out for their kid and it's I want to say it's been done successfully I can't think of any examples off the top of my head usually when it happens it's when a character is kind of being put out to pasture and replaced um, and his, his his backstory is very confusing as I said they found a child in the phantom zone and what I left out was that was several continuity reboots ago they rebooted the entire universe so uh superman and lois lane had never been married and this child didn't exist and then somehow they brought back that aspect of the past universe instead of any of the things i liked and it's it's extremely confusing uh the fact and then he was a, a little child most of the time and then they did the usual uh he spent years in space but time is different so only a few months passed on our world and they aged him up into a teenager and which then makes uh uh superman and lois seem much much older because now they're parents of a teenager and uh you know which is they usually shoot to have characters be eternally 35, uh, possibly eternally 30, but I like to think that Superman and Batman at least can't possibly be older than 35 because then I'm closer to their age. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm aging past all my heroes, and that's a little bit of a, a little bit of a bummer. I, I have just come to terms with the fact that when they cast the next James Bond, it will be somebody younger than me. I'm going to be young. I'm going to be older than James Bond for the first time ever. And, oh man, that's a, that's a bitter pill. Uh, but also nobody wants to see, well, no, I, Daniel Craig was fantastic. He's older than me, but you know, you don't make a movie a year like you did in the seventies. So you need to start with somebody young. So they're not, so they're not uh 70 by the time they get to their fourth movie. Um, <laughs> <coughs> sorry morning cough anyway I can't stand John Kent and I hate that he is 
replacing original recipe Superman. Uh, as you know, I'm, I, I love Batman more than just about anything. He'd be my third best friend if he were real. Although, honestly, he probably doesn't need me on his friends list. Uh, he, he knows much cooler people. But uh, I still, I, I, I love Superman. He was very important to me as a child. And I think he's sort of an amazing uh, character and idea. I would say he's maybe one of the very few perfect fictional characters. Like, he was, he was created perfectly. And if he hadn't been, there wouldn't be a whole genre that sprung up around this idea that everybody was just trying to, trying to copy. And, you know, honestly, one of the dominant genres in, in culture right now. Uh, he's just a, a perfect character that DC cannot figure out what to do with. Uh, in the comics, they're replacing him with his son. In movies and video games, the whole idea is eventually he'll become evil when something happens to Lois. Uh, you know, the Zack Snyder movies, he wins his first fight with murder, which I hate. And then he does more murders in Justice League. I guess I haven't seen it. I'm going off of every podcast that recapped it. And there's a scene showing the future where he's he is the villain. And it sucks. It sucks that there's a, the idea of a... Here's the thing. Superman is such a great idea as he is because the idea is that the most powerful person in the world wants to help. If you have him turn evil or make him a killer or anything they do to louse him up because it's boring that he's too good you're just oh good you've made a story about a powerful person who's a monster just like the real world cool uh, it's so cynical and lacking in imagination and there's a million things you can do with Superman and I wish DC would do one of them uh, so, so I, I can't stand that character and I keep thinking eventually they'll just write him out because he's he's such a, he's such a nothing but obviously now not only will he he be will he, will he be more popular I assume he's certainly more noteworthy but it's sort of incumbent upon them not to erase this child from continuity <laughs> Uh, you know, there was this, there was this thing for a while when a lot of DC characters would, like the mid-level guys would, would be replaced. Uh, you know, the, the originals would die or retire and they'd be replaced. This happened a lot in the nineties and there would sometimes be an attempt to make them a character who wasn't white, for example, because DC, every major character comes from the thirties and forties. So... You, you have to shake it up because also it, uh, I guess it's, it's also worth noting that so many times uh, the people who are mad about uh, Superman being bisexual say, will say, why don't you create a new character instead of junking up an old one? And the fact is you can't create a new character and really have them take off. Uh, comics are a very legacy industry it's very hard to 
honestly the last new character somebody created that became popular and and continues to be is probably Deadpool, who is now 28 years old. Um, I was going to say Harley Quinn, but she first showed up in 92. Bane showed up in 93. You know, all these... Uh, all these these characters are are very old. It, you you can't just create a character and have them take off. I think the uh, we'll see. But uh, Ms. Marvel over at Marvel, the the new version, the who's a young Muslim girl, is getting a show on Disney Plus, and I guess going to be in the next Captain Marvel movie. So that would be the uh, could turn out to be the last new character created by one of the big companies that has any cultural resonance but you know that's specifically a, a diverse character uh, which I guess would would uh, I guess that's the exception that tests the rule because they really put a lot of a lot of effort into that character and uh also she's 10 years old now too so again you create create a character yeah it'll take it'll take minimum 10 years before anybody ever hears of your 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 new uh your new diverse character so yeah absolutely when you when you're replacing an old character with sort of a legacy name that's where you want to you know you want to so as a boring white man, I, I feel so weird talking about this. But the point is, DC tried that for a while, and eventually a new writer would come on. Usually Jeff Johns, who we now know from his mistreatment of people, particularly women and uh, black actors on the Justice League movie, is uh, maybe a worse guy than we had realized. Um, he's kind of in the Joss Whedon club. Uh, usually, and he he would want everything to be the way it was when he was reading comics as a kid. So he would bring back the original characters, and that would usually require uh, killing or maiming or causing the replacement character to fail in some way. Which, as an aggregate, starts to look really bad because it's like, oh wow, <laughs> all these all these characters need need middle aged white men to come back and save the day. And so they absolutely should not do that. I once you've uh, created this character who is, uh, you know, who showcases some some diversity. I think it's important to keep them keep them front and center to the extent that you can. I realize not all of them are going to succeed, just like not every character is going to succeed. But you absolutely can't uh, can't go. Oh, Superman's bisexual now. Oh, and by the way, we're gonna wipe him out in the next uh, in the next crossover event, and regular Superman will be back. You can't you can't do that, which is a bummer for me because I don't like this character, and I can't imagine I will. I can't imagine ever enjoying Jonathan Kent. John Kent. They don't even call him Jonathan. Just John. J-O-N. 
you know, the bad way to spell John. Uh, I'm trying to remember if I know anybody who spells John that way. I don't think so. Nobody's going to listen to this who will be offended. But you, you can't, uh, you know, you can't just wipe him out and have, have his have his straight middle America dad come in and pick up where he left off. So he's going to be a fact of life, which is good overall. It is more, that is more important. It is, it is infinitely more important that, that, you know, kids and readers of all ages who don't have a character who reflects them have this character. Uh, it is a bummer for me in that it means I am increasingly unlikely to see the Superman that I like. Uh, and you know what? That's part of getting older. Your stuff has to get phased out. Well, uh, you know, for the new people, it's DC does not need to keep catering to me because honestly, how much longer am I going to live? There ain't a lot of toothpaste left in this tube. Uh, just from... Uh, you know, ethically, they're doing the right thing. And I think financially, they're making the smarter choice. Uh, it's just a, a bummer for and that I would never. I'm certainly ever going to say, boy, I hate John Kent. Oh, you hate like you hate bisexual Superman. Don't you love Superman? Yes. You know, there's no way to say that without sounding terrible. And I probably sound terrible now, but. I mean, more terrible. But, you know, that's just part of, part of, look, you can either insist everything be like it was when you were a kid or you keep getting, or that you want stories about how, how important the things you enjoyed as a, as a young person were. Um, I bring up this example a lot, but that Ghostbusters sequel coming out looks absolutely wretched because it seems to, like, I don't know that I, I want a reverential Ghostbusters movie where the whole point is to tell the people who are offended when ladies could bust ghosts too that, uh, no, no, their childhoods were valid. Uh, the things they like are... White men in their 40s need to be told less that the things they care about are important. That's... We, we've lived with that for so long and honestly, that's how you get Trump. Am I blaming the new, the, the new uh, the Ghostbusters movie retroactively for the Trump presidency? Yeah, I guess I am. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it'll slip back in time and it creates the MAGA movement. Uh, I might be going a little bit far. But the point is, super cool with bisexual Superman. Couldn't stand the character when he was too young to have a sexual preference. I guess you... I don't know. I just, I feel like now I'm walking into something by saying that, but he was like, he was like four in most of the stories I've read of him. So a lot of it is jarring. Um, you know, just didn't, I don't care for the character, but it's more important that, that, uh, uh, it's more important that the people who need that are getting that than that I would get what I would like. And guess what? That's fine. Maybe somebody will have a take on him that's enjoyable. Uh, maybe I'll 
read old Elliot S. Maggin's Superman stories from the 80s and be, be happy as a pig in sloth. Look, we all got our options. So here's why my feelings are mixed, but I will never express anything but positivity because ultimately it is a good thing. I just miss my guy. Um, boy, that I'm not sure that was less boring than what I had done last time, but hope, I don't know. Hopefully you had fun. I've got a few minutes, so uh, maybe touch on a couple TV things. I don't think I've mentioned Squid Game here yet. I don't think I've recorded an episode since watching it. And everybody watched Squid Game. Guess what? I liked Squid Game. It's good. It's, uh, uh, like, it feels like you sort of know what the whole deal is right away because we've seen enough Battle Royale, Hunger Games stuff. But uh, the fact that it's all people who are miserably in debt uh, is very interesting and it seems like it was it is we have to go outside of America to get that story because uh, the giant corporations that make things that uh, I mean I realize they're independent artists but the giant corporations that make things that people see uh, would maybe rather not have you consider exactly how dire a financial situation almost all of us are in all of the time. Um, I also appreciate how much stuff there is in that show. Like, just the people competing to to not die in these children's games would be a compelling series, but then there's a whole subplot about a black market organ ring and an undercover cop and neither of those really ever even amount to anything, which is very funny. But I just loved how much stuff there was happening. It was like it was like they had committed to a certain pacing in the lives of the contestants. So when they were when they had downtime between between games, instead of moving forward to the next one, they're like, well, no, they have a day off. We'd better we'd better do something with this undercover cop. I, I appreciated that. Uh, also, my my the the Korean entertainment I've seen up to this point is really just Squid Game and uh, uh, some of the movies from the the guy who did Parasite. I want to say it's Bong Joon Ho, but I am not super confident of that. Uh, I looked it up before talking, and I think I might have. Of transposed him with another person. Uh, I apologize if that's the case, but I, I think it's Bong Joon-ho. Uh, I've seen a few of his movies, and that's led me to believe that 100% of Korean entertainment is about how rich people are monsters who are destroying society. Which honestly, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of into that as a running theme. Um. Oh. <laughs> Now, I actually have a funny thing about uh, about Superman's son that I also wanted to bring up. Was uh, they've already showed that next issue in upcoming issues he will be joining environmental protests, which is certainly well-meaning but also hilarious to me because they have Superman holding up a sign, that, you know, <laughs> uh, clean the rivers or whatever. 
because honestly, it's the ultimate power fantasy of moderate Democrats to have the most powerful person in the world simply agree to peacefully protest and then just be sad about it when it doesn't work. God. Man, 1930s Superman was actually a reformer. Like, he was beating up landlords and tossing domestic abusers out of windows. And, you know, he was, he was, early Superman was socialist as hell. And uh, I just want to get into sick burn on moderate Democrats because I'm so tired of, of being lectured about, uh, uh, not being super excited about the possibility of incremental change. It was only a possibility, too, by the way. Um, uh, shoot, another show I wanted to mention. I held off on watching the season finale of Archer because that was the last, to my knowledge, that was the last thing that Jessica Walter of Arrested Development and, and of Archer, I guess, which is 12 seasons now, so that's maybe her main credit. Uh, it's the last thing she had recorded before she passed. And uh, I knew it would just make me sad, so I wanted to wait until I was in a... Like, until I had some, some time to kind of sit with it. There's, I'm not somebody who gets super sad about uh, about celebrity death, but... Uh, I loved Arrested Development so much and I love Archer so much and Jessica Walter is just so funny and she seemed like such a nice lady uh, her in interviews reminded me very much of my grandmother uh, her on Arrested Development reminded me of my less good grandmother uh, which you'd think would be a point against her but uh so I, I just kind of put it off because, and that's not a show that really deals with emotion more than once every five years. And uh, I guess I'm thinking now they did either rewrote that. I assume they rewrote the episode, and uh, I'm thinking she did not record it because she only has a couple of lines that I'm pretty sure come from, come from other episodes. Like, she's a major part of the plot, but doesn't speak much. And the episode essentially has her retiring. Uh, just, she knows eventually her past is going to catch up with her unless she completely leaves the spy game behind. So she just, uh, she saves everybody's ass one last time and then leaves behind a note uh, telling her son that she loves him and... Uh, but she has to go because otherwise people will find her and it's time for him to step up and, and take charge. And this is where I can tell it was rewritten also because, for one thing, you would never write that character out of out of the show because she's gold. And also because her letter is not read by her in voiceover, which is what you usually do, but was read by John Benjamin, who's the one reading the letter to everybody, so it makes sense, but he wouldn't pass that up. And then the last scene is her on a beach somewhere with her husband on the show who was voiced by her real-life husband who has also passed away. So it was actually this really lovely 
uh, this show that does not generally do emotion did a really gave her a really lovely send off that I liked a lot and I maybe cheered up a little bit and I am genuinely having a hard time talking about it now <laughs> wow guys I'm a mess <laughs> and with most of this episode being about Superman you'd think I would have mentioned that there's literally one page of Superman that I can't talk about without crying uh, and I'm not I think that's maybe even come up here before I'm certainly not going to bring it up now but um oh man i'm a mess maybe we should just wrap this up right um obviously i have to mention our our sponsor teasebysummer.com who as we've covered over this last almost year of podcastery uh just absolutely the best designs are so so they're so good uh there's a, there a, a new, I, I think I've mentioned before but since I didn't record didn't release an episode last week maybe I haven't there's a new a new design with Carl Havoc from I think you should leave uh I got my shirt and it looks great uh I am looking forward to getting the mug because a mug of a grotesque sad man with the words I don't even want to be here anymore is a very fun thing for me to have at work I just recently finally got the uh, that's a chunky mug which as discussed before is one of my favorite shirts I've said before my favorite shirt but now that the the apive which is my website and is also designed by uh, by tease by summer is is out that might be my favorite because of my my emotional connection to the whole thing but certainly that's a chunky is up there uh and the mug looks amazing the mugs by the way are printed on both sides which almost nobody does so they are they work for right-handed or left-handed people and basically no matter who you are you can see the design and the person facing you can see the design so it's a win for everybody they are really there i i cannot stress to you enough just how beautifully the 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 design comes through on the mugs i mean the shirt the shirts are great i have nothing bad to say about the shirts i've been talking about the shirts for a long time and i i love them so much but the mugs man those mugs pop and i'm a guy i'm a guy who gets a lot of mugs as gifts and the scariest one I ever got was uh, my friends Brad, Brad and Becky sent me a Better Call Saul mug last year, uh, but with no no supporting documentation indicating what it was. And the picture on the mug is from the end of season, I want to say season one, but it might be season two, where where uh, Mike is getting ready to sniper shoot uh, uh, Tio Salamanca. And then, like, his car alarm goes off, and he comes back, and there's just a note under the windshield wiper that just says, don't. And it's kind of terrifying. And that's what's on the mug, is the note that says, don't. <laughs> that is an alarming thing to get in the mail. <laughs> 
Anyway, I'm a man. I'm a man familiar with mugs, and these these things print so beautifully. And the way the 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 way it uses the space on the mug. I mean, the new car ideas uh, from the, from the I think you should leave sketch is maybe the best looking mug, mug I own. It just like I was shocked when I when I got it. Because I had the the original version of that mug from the from the Tea Public store, which which looks very nice and all, but it, it's a little smaller image and it's sort of like it's got a a, a, a boundary to it, where it's like a square frame and it's in there, which you know it looks good. I like that mug, and I saw this one and it's just the print just covers up so much of the. It uses the space on the mug so well. It's very hard to explain. But it 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 pops like a son of a gun. Uh, I'm really focusing on mugs now because I am so cold right now and we're we're leaving t-shirt weather. But in many parts of the country, t-shirts are still fine. And also, you still wear a t-shirt under your clothes. It'd be cool like me and wear, wear a t-shirt under a button-down and then open up your button-down to just look all super casual. It'd be like, Hey, I'm warm and I'm a respectable man with a button-down shirt, but but uh, also check it out. Spice Grolls. I like to party. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I I, <laughs> I I I've started referring to them as my Sunday friends. I have a group of friends I watch TV with usually on Sundays, and I went over there, and two of the four of them were wearing Tees by Summer shirts. <laughs> And it was the best thing. It was the best. It was so great. And like they hadn't planned it. They came from different houses. They were sporting their shirts. It was great. Uh, anyway, teasedbysummer.com. Just so good. They're great. They're great gifts. And the, the, I know t-shirts are a little hard to buy as gifts because you have sizing questions and, uh, Obviously, if you know what size T-shirt somebody wears, go for it. The mugs, the mugs are are nice and cheap, and they look tremendous. And anybody who enjoys things that are, look, if somebody likes, I think you should leave. These mugs are perfect. And they, it's it's a it's a great gift. You you know what? You're crazy not to be not to buy gift mugs. What's the matter with you? either buy a mug or stop listening right uh anyway teasedbysummer.com they're the best sponsor they're the best t-shirts and mugs it's it's very good and that is it uh like i said if you didn't listen to the bonus episode because you're not a fan of the leftovers give it a listen we do talk about some funny stuff uh Haley, who I had never actually had a conversation with, but just sort of knew from being very funny on social media. And uh, uh, she's super funny and uh, just a blast. I'm gonna, I want to record another episode with her soon because we had so much fun. Uh, and uh, also on House of House... Uh, an episode where I keep muting my microphone because the dogs were very loud. And so there are stretches where I just kind of 
don't talk because the dogs are barking and I don't want to screw up their audio. And also one of the hosts really wanted to talk about billions and I've never seen billions, so I had nothing to contribute there. <laughs> but that was very fun. Uh, it was great to watch House again. It reminded me of how much I love that show. Um, uh, possibly another bonus episode this week. I mean, likely it's recorded. It just takes some work to do those two-person recordings. And I'm lazy, but it'll happen. And I guess that's it. Uh, rate and review on iTunes, I suppose. But only if you like the show. And if you don't like the show, you can email me directly, fedtalks at yahoo.com. I am asking you not to do that for a little while yet because for a show with as few listeners as I have, I have received multiple emails over the last uh, last month of people telling me that they do not enjoy my podcast. And I'll be honest with you, it hurts a little. And it's it's almost all, it's it's not necessarily even constructive criticism. It's not anything that I can change. They seem to specifically dislike me. Uh, in many cases, it's the sound of my voice. In several cases, it's my it's my subject matter. It is occasionally my personality. Uh, usually all of them. And I assure you, angry internet people, I hate myself more than you ever could. You you look. We could we could talk about me being terrible for a long time. But. I've gotten, you know, multiple emails to this effect recently, and I guess I'd just like a little break. So if you hear this, wait a couple weeks before telling me you don't like me. Just give me give me some time to, you know what, actually, let's get through the holidays and then just open up. I don't care anymore. But the holidays are kind of hectic and... Uh, I don't need that extra burden. But be assured, you hurt me very much when you say those things, and I do think about them a lot. So mission accomplished. People hate listening to me. Uh, I assume based on my numbers, very few people are doing that. And in fact, they listen to one episode and go away. But that was a more of a journey into my, my psyche than I was happy with. So let's just wrap up this episode. I will see you later this week and then again on the weekend. Ideally, we'll see. Bye. Fed Talks is a full boys production. Wah, 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 wah.